Hello, everyone. It is great to be here. And my name is Gary Fowler. I am the host of GSD Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. We are a venture capital slash venture studio slash accelerator. We love startups from all over the world. We are Silicon Valley based. And with great pleasure that I uh, have as my guest, Paulina and Thor. Paulina Janish, I hope I get her name right, and Thor Vogel are venture capitalists. They're located in Barcelona. They've got incredible backgrounds. They're driven, they're optimistic, they're entrepreneurial. And this is just right from Polina. And uh, uh, Thor is a founder of a venture capital company that focuses on impact investing. Together with my co-founder, Paulino, we want you to bring your ideas to life by proving you are providing you with the necessary seed capital. With that, here we go. Hello. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. So great to have you on the show today. So tell me a little bit about it. So tell me a little bit about well, I'm going to make it a little smaller so I see both of you. <laughs> but so how did you get, you're not from Barcelona originally, correct? Right. We are both from Germany and we met here in Barcelona in our studies. We did a master in finance and that's how also the company started. That sounds great. And so I got a question for you. So you spent some time, Thor, in China. How was that? It was amazing. Like, for me, it was actually a really good experience. It was in my very early days, like when I was 18, I went there straight after high school in Germany and it was super nice. It was really humbling also in a way, but definitely I gained a lot of confidence there and the people were always nice to me. So, I mean, everywhere I traveled so far, the people have been very, very nice and it was, it was super nice in China. That's great. And where were you in China? So I was in Beijing for six months, then I stayed for a month in Shanghai, and then I went down to Qingdao, which is actually, it was a German colony before. And I mean, the city is, now that's a new one. I've never heard that. A German colony. Did they speak German? Not really, but actually there were some buildings that just looked like home. It was insane. <laughs> and what's interesting is that the Chinese beer was actually, the brewery of the Chinese uh, beer is in started in uh, Qingdao. In the so basically the Germans in a way like started brewing in Qingdao and now it's like one of the biggest breweries which is uh, Tsingtao. That's amazing! Wow, what a, that's a great story. So tell me a little bit about. Then you went to American uh, Business School of Paris. Why? First of all, why in the world would you go to American School in Paris? <laughs> well, that's I, a felt like something wrong with that picture, you know. <laughs> that's about right, yeah. So. The, the real reason is, I mean, I think I have to tell you the real reason. The real reason was that when I was studying in China, I was actually working on the side. But as I was a student, I was very young. I didn't realize you would need a working visa to actually work in the country, right? So we did some jobs over there. And at some point, yeah, the guys uh, were not so not so amused about it anymore because they figured out that we don't have a working visa and we were working like 20 hours a week around. So at some point they just told us that we could not continue staying in China. So oh, it was actually, <laughs> yeah. So I got, China, huh? yeah, I got literally like deported from China on Christmas Eve, or I think it was the 25th, actually the 25th of December. And then we had to, I had to figure out a way to continue the studies, of course, because I started my bachelor's there. 
And then I was contacting all of the partner universities of the Chinese one. And the one in Paris was actually the, the, um, the one that replied the first and said I could just come over and continue the studies there. So I think it was then two or three weeks later, I, I switched completely. I was, I was in China on Christmas Eve and then three weeks later I was studying in Paris. I love that we have the China, China deported story now finally online Sorted. and live. <laughs> wow. All right. And then you stayed in, uh, you got your, where's the ADA? Where's that located? Sorry? Where's the ADA business school? The ABS? Yeah. Yeah, that's. The ADA on your uh, LinkedIn profile. Ah, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, this is actually the school in Barcelona. We studied the master in finance at. Oh, okay. I got it. Okay. So so that's the next step. Okay. So Polina, now tell me a little bit about yourself. So where are you from in Germany? Yeah, um, I'm from Essen, which is close to Düsseldorf, uh, Cologne, in the western part of Germany, not too far from where Tool is from himself. Um, and then I also did some traveling, uh, went to the States, to San Diego, when I was, I think, 15, did some high school there, and then went to the Netherlands um, twice to study um, international business and marketing, and in between did an exchange in Singapore, and then went to uh, Barcelona to do my final studies. Um, so I've spent also a lot of time in the last years, uh, more abroad than home, actually. But uh, yeah, loving the international life. I mean, yeah. So where did you meet? Did you meet in uh, China or did you meet or in Singapore or did you meet in I Iada or whatever? Mm -hmm. uh, Barcelona, is that where you met her? Yeah, exactly. In Barcelona and oh. Iada. That's amazing. Okay, so tell me a little bit about Lena. So you looked down through and you worked in Ernst & Young. Did you both work in EMY or not? I, yeah, I worked there for, um, for an internship, um, which was a very cool experience to be in a big corporate and to see how everything works there. Um, and yeah, so that was like one of my first um, internships. And then afterwards I did uh, project management, which right now actually comes in quite handy. So I think the combination of marketing, project management and finance, uh, those three kind of studies or field of studies are actually really good preparation for venture capital, because on the one hand, you have to okay understand uh, the numbers and investing and investing the, the financial markets, what's going on. On the other hand, you also it's good to understand people and the market and how can this founder bring this product actually to the people. Um, and create create impact with that. So I think that um, I don't know my my education and and experience kind of made made me end up with venture capital. I got it. And then mm -hmm. um, so you formed a company called Leonox. What was that all about? So you've done uh, you know your three passions: founders analyzing early stage business models and the sensitivity to understand people, motivations, and talent. So what happened is that you still have that today leonox or where's that exactly that's the baby we're working on every day oh that's so tell me a little bit of, so you have that then you went down through and um you've got leonox then you've got rosa Milla nature products what's that about is that your own um ah so to make sexual health and intimate care as nature as natural as it should what is it 
Yeah, so um, Rosamilla is one of the startups that we have worked with um, since a few months now already. They're one of our consulting companies. Um, they created a vaginal lubrication pearl. Um, I've said this so many times that I am not embarrassed at all anymore to speak about it. But I'm sorry. But in many um, in many countries or with many people that we talk, this is actually still really a taboo topic. So initially what they do is they um, looked at Durex and at the usual lubrication, um, lubrications, and they said, well, that, that does work. It's not nice. It's not cool to use um, and we don't enjoy it. And then they created a product which is better, um, way more natural and way, way more healthy. And uh, that's what they do. And we love helping them. With what's that. the difference between natural and I mean, how does it what's the difference? Are the products organic or what are the products? Yeah, exactly. So. Um, the product itself is made from super organic um, ingredients like uh, cocoa, cocoa, butter. cocoa butter, exactly, and some other ingredients. And they uh, they were created by a um, alternatives medicine um, doctor. So she really knows. Okay, this um, ingredients are good for the female body, and they actually help not only when you want to use it, how it's like how lubrication is usually used. So before sex but also just as like a daily, um, as a daily care kind of like you, like you put cream on your hands or in your face, you can also um, do that with your, with your um, vaginal area. And it actually has a lot of health benefits even um, because it prevents from the bladder to sink down and therefore um, prevents, um, what's it called again? Incontinence. Incontinence, thank you, exactly. An early incontinence. You can see Torres just uh, as much on top of them. <laughs> As, uh, as I am. And um, yeah, so it's, it's not only from a sexual point of view, but also from like a health and, um, and body care point of view. And those are really the startups that we look for. They want to, they see a need in the market and they change it. And probably the people that use those uh, usual lubrication products, they don't even know that there is something that much better outside. Wow, that's, that's amazing, actually. So are you both involved in the same company then? Are you both part of uh, the Rosamilla or not? So we we basically are the founders of Linux, which is a venture capital that invests in sustainable startups. And Rosamilla is one of the companies that we consult. Oh, I see. So you consult them too. So, And how much do you typically invest in a company? So our ticket sizes are between like 30 and 100,000. So we are in the very early stage uh yeah, market. But and how much have you invested so far? We have uh, five hundred thousand in assets under management right now, which is our first fund, and we are on the way of raising the second one at the end of the year. No, that's super. So tell me a little bit about it. So you're um, you you've gone down through. You had a really interesting um, background. I got a question. How in the world did you go to Chelyabinsk? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not one of the places you can say anywhere. Well, listen, I'm going to the South Ural plant tractor, uh, or tractor plant. What, how did that happen? It was like my dad was sending me there to work off some bad stuff I did in my life. No. <laughs> well, there you go. And, and, you, and you almost never came back, right? <laughs> the second second country, country I almost never came back from. There was actually my dad's um, a steel trader, so he has a steel trading company and they do business um, with the companies down there. And then when I when I finished high school, he told me that I should um, 
get into some companies and look around. And then this was one of the internships I did for half a year. So I was living there in, I think from, from the middle of January on onwards for six months. And it, it's not the best time to visit the Ural mountain area in no, January. That's the worst time actually, right? <laughs> it's crazy. It gets so cold down there. Like it literally, when you leave the house without gloves or if you don't protect the skin, it just hurts. It's so cold. Yeah, I remember I was in Vladivostok one time and it was a minus about 40. And yeah. I didn't understand what minus 40, but I actually had to put sunglasses on because your eyes would freeze. Yeah. That's so cold. And I remember walking outside and I didn't have any uh, long underwear. I just had jeans on and the mm -hmm. wind blew through me. It felt like you were didn't have any clothes on at all. It's that cold. It's insane. <laughs> Incredibly cold. Wow. Yeah. So you did that. And uh, then you went to uh, uh, Bruggen, Bruggen, Germany, right? Yeah. And what made you decide? So you you, you only spent four months at the Euro, uh, the uh, tractor factory. Was your dad moving you to the, the uh, Bruggen too? Was that the part of the assignment or what was it? No, that's actually um, a town in Germany where I'm from. So this is all the local um, local area where we have... Uh, yeah, where my dad's company is at and then i did a couple of internships there just to get get started off uh, of high school with some work and then after this one year of working i went into the bachelor studies interesting and what about so okay you did that why in the world did you go back to russia <laughs> what was it what happened did you say i'm going to work for bosco and uh this is going to be exciting and did you did you enjoy yourself in moscow was it interesting yeah, it was it was re really amazing. Like, I think the country and the people are very, very welcoming. Like, this is something I think many people don't don't expect from Russians, right? There's a different. Uh, yeah, you have these pre assumptions, but actually the people are amazing and they're super welcoming. And I had I had a really good time in Moscow. Like everyone received me well. I was treated like a local and really, even even not speaking the language in the beginning, the it was no problem at all. Like the people, when they would hear me speak English, they came up to me and said, Hey, can you teach me English? Like I can teach you Russian. So it's really, really easy to integrate, I would say. And so did you learn Russian? Yeah, of course. That's great. To. And I so you, you learned Russian. How long did it take you to pick Russian up? I think like about a year because at the company I was working at, um, there were a couple of people that spoke English, but from day one, everything really important was in Russian. So that's how I think you pick up the easiest, you know, because at the supermarket, nobody speaks English on the street. Nobody speaks English. So there's only one way to go. Yeah, no, I got it. So what did you enjoy the most about your trip when you were in uh, your working experience in Moscow? What was the most enjoyable? I think one thing that was really nice was the office because our offices were, were right on the red square. So the address was literally red square three. Mm -hmm. So the view we had on the Red Square every day was amazing. And I would say we also had the, yeah, the working culture there is also interesting because your, your supervisors, they give you a lot of, um, let's say, freedom and really let you get out there. So from day one on, I, I was doing meetings with people like, I don't know, at some point I was, I was meeting the head of a bank because we were discussing of uh, purchasing a building in the city. And the guys were just like, yeah, go out there and uh, do the meeting with, with the bank. And I met the, the CEO of the bank and 
it was like the time where I was not so confident in Russian. So it was a really awkward situation talking with this guy uh-huh. with my broken Russian, discussing about uh, yeah, purchasing a building basically in the city center of Moscow. Well, you better hope you didn't make a mistake, right? <laughs> For sure. No, but it was great. The confidence they, they put into the people that worked there was, was amazing. Wow, that's great. And then you decide, what made you decide to leave and go to CFA um, in uh, Spain? Yeah, so I wanted to anyways, um, it was at one, at one point when COVID really hit, the, um, the company we, I worked at was, um, was hit hard because it had, uh, it, it basically operated a lot of shopping centers in Moscow and they had to close for a long time. So then I was looking at, um, at things I still wanted to achieve in my life. And one of them was uh, doing my master's in finance. So I thought it was a great time to, to enter into that uh, phase. So I looked for uh, schools where I could do that and then found the school in Barcelona. And, and with the school in Barcelona, then we, as you said, uh, did the CFA challenge, which is from the CFA Institute. And that's actually where I, I met with Paulina because we were in the same team. We were representing our school uh, for the CFA challenge and yeah, evaluated a bank in in Spain. And that's how we got so interested about evaluating companies. And that's how the initial idea of Linux also started. Oh, that's great. And so what do you like about being in Barcelona? <laughs> the you weather. <laughs> is the weather now, is it nice or is it really hot? I mean, I think I would say it's it's most of the time it's super nice. Mm-hmm. The people, and I think this is the biggest uh, difference between Germany and here, is that everyone is just in a in a more relaxed mood because the weather is so good, you know. So there's no, yeah, everyone is just super super friendly. It's insane. Like everyone respects each other. The people are very friendly, and there's yeah. If you don't get something done, you can always do it manana. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's really the. That's really what they I'm going to tell you, the thing, I I don't know if it's like this in Barcelona, but the thing that was really weird in Madrid was that the people would go out late at night, like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. I had never seen anything like it. And it was like so bloody hot during the daytime. It was tough to walk around. I mean, it's like real, and it wasn't even the hottest, right? Uh, But is it like, do you you go out like at 8, 9 o'clock? Is that when you have your dinner? I mean, that's early, I guess. Here. Early. <laughs> yeah. Dinners are at, at 10, ten sometimes. Yeah. Huh? And you have dinner at 10 o'clock at night. What do you do? Like, when do you eat breakfast? Like Good question. Seven, <laughs> seven, eight. You, you're out till 10 and you have breakfast at seven? That's amazing. Yeah. And what do you do? Like, do you just walk around the city and like look at sites? <laughs> what do you do? I guess the, the 7 a.m. morning is still the German in us. And then we, we do need to kind of integrate here as well. So that's how this kind of food fiasco of eating early mm-hmm. and then lunch and then late uh, came abroad. I think that's where we're not really integrated yet is with our early breakfast. <laughs> oh, wow, that's amazing. And so was it difficult transitioning from a German mentality to a Spanish mentality? Insane, yeah. What's a big, I mean, what's the company, what are the three biggest differences? Like what are the Thor, what, like three biggest, what do you say? So the, the biggest, biggest, biggest one for, for us is punctuality. Mm-hmm. Like in Germany, you're f- five minutes early to a meeting and here you are 15 minutes late on like 
on average, there's no meeting I think you can have with someone that where the other person or where people are on time in general, I think. Yeah, that's for sure one. Then the it's it's very casual in, in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. So people are very casually dressed. Like you almost don't see anyone in a suit and tie. Almost never. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's well, that's like in Silicon Valley. You know, in Silicon Valley, it's a bad thing to have a, even a, uh, a, t a shirt like you have, right? They wear T-shirts a lot. Yeah. yeah. Sure, they have collared shirts and sometimes polo shirts. But it's actually a bad thing. They call them suits. All right. <laughs> yeah. You got to be careful. And it's like that in Barcelona, too. Yeah, it's the same. Huh. You have to, I mean, the people that come to the office in, uh, in Birkenstocks, you know, like, it's very, but I mean, the, the temperatures are so high that actually everything else doesn't make sense, you know. Wow. Yeah. And how hot does it get there? For in, in Celsius, it's going up to 40. Um, I think that's like 95 and you're, or 100. Fahrenheit. I think. 104. Yeah. That's so cool. this will be like the maximum. So like, yeah. 90, 95, 100, I think, is, is in general. Like you go somewhere. swimming, or what do you do when it's that hot? Yeah, you go yeah. to the beach and you exactly. <laughs> cool down. Oh, oh my God. No, but that's really, that's really the reason why basically in Barcelona, um, I guess in the rest of Spain as well, um, August, basically everyone takes yeah. off. I mean, if, if you're doing, um, yeah, we're incorporating a company now, and then they already told us, okay, get everything done, like the tax office and get all those things done before yeah. August because you will not reach anyone there. So it's just, you know, August is the hottest month. And so everyone just enjoys their life and um, nothing yeah. is done in August. Wow. That's amazing. So there's four weeks and what does everybody take their vacation? And that's what it's like. Yeah. yeah. You can literally not get anything done. Like everyone knows it and nobody, nobody will be there for you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Listen, we're coming up to the top of the show. So closing thoughts and how do people get a hold of you? Basically, yeah, what what we are really up to right now is like, as we said, we are we've we founded this uh, venture capital firm where we focus on impact investing. And that's like the hottest topic for us at the moment. Like we are basically we're trying to figure out a way how we can we can create our own impact investing framework where we can give our investors and startups the confidence that they are their impact, the, the impact they create is actually measured. And that's what we are working on at the moment every day. And yeah, so if there's any, if there are any founders um, listening right now um, that would like to get some tips or, um, or investors that look for impact investing, do reach out um, on LinkedIn or via email. Um, we'll post we'll we'll post in the in the comments of this chat in LinkedIn as well. Um, do reach out. We're always happy to have a conversation and um, learn from each other. And I think that's the really really cool thing in the startup NVC area is that people are so approachable. It's so easy to get um, close to really really cool people and learn from each other. So I guess that's the takeaway is uh, for founders. Uh, do ask, reach out, uh, never be shy to ask for help. Yeah, that's, that's great. Well, listen, Paulina and Thor, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on my show today. It's great seeing you. Enjoy yourselves. Have a nice rest of the summer. Good luck. And for all those companies out there that are looking for an incredible group, early stage of looking at an impact, give Paulina and Thor a call. They can help, especially if you're in the European Union. 
Uh, my name is Gary Fowler, and I am the host of GSD Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. Stay tuned for another exciting edition next Tuesday. See you all soon. Take care of yourselves. Take care. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks. Ciao. Bye-bye.